Good morning, good morning.
well.
Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I am good. I'm good. How's your week been? Um, oh, it was fun. It was fun. So, hey, sorry. Um, I wasn't sure if we were meeting this morning. <coughs> so, sorry I didn't hop on here earlier. No worries. I know we've been a little scattered the last couple of weeks, so I just figured I'd send a text and if people could come, great. And if not, that would be fine, too. Hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, so um, I had a good weekend. I had some fun for a change instead of working all the time. And um, fun is good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know what chapter we're on. I'm going to look it up real quick. Chapter 8. Okay. So thinking in a certain way. All right. Got it. So how are you? You've had a lot going on. You had your show or your uh, event, excuse me. Yeah, I'm great. I'm I'm good. Yeah, it's been good. Busy, but good. I'm delighted with how it went and the outcome and I could see everything I could do to make it better, so that's always encouraging. So, you know, it went well, but I could see a million things I can do to make it, like, next level. So so I will do that. Good, 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 good. Well, I saw the Facebook post, and it seemed like you had a lot lot of – participation, um, and a lot of stoked people. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I think the, um, I don't know who had a better time, the drivers or the riders. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Yeah, the riders just, I mean, the riders had a great time. And the drivers actually loved it. So it was, it was really cool to get to have an event where, Every everybody that I talked to, at least, and I basically heard from everybody that volunteered, whether it was as a driver, or registration, or you know, track running the track or whatever. I, I, they've they've all reached out to me and thanked me for allowing them to participate in it. Uh huh. And you know, like some of the guys came up and actually hugged me and cried at the end of the day because it was so emotional for them to be able to be of service to the veterans and to see what the veterans are up against. And the veterans told them what their stories were. So they all got to hear the stories. They got to hear all these dark, heavy, painful stories and then pull up to the starting line and say, okay, you ready to have some fun? And like, you know, take them out there and just, you know, there's just like hooping and hollering and laughing. And I mean, the sounds of the day were pretty incredible. So, yeah, and I was able to, like, take it in in the moments. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on, so a lot of it I missed. But there were moments where I could hear screeches or, you know, or be in a moment. Like, when the the event first started and we were actually getting ready to do the course walks, I stood there, and two groups had already walked off from the starting line. So I was going to go with the last group. 
And when I was standing there, I was just, I know I turned to some of the guys from the sports car club and I was like, I'm having a moment right that now. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, I've been having the vision of this and to see it actually happening, like this course walk being broken up into three groups of people and happening right now. Like I've been holding the vision of it working this way for so long that it's actually crazy to see it be coming together. And they were really sweet. You know, they were like, yeah, we totally get that. So, you know, we didn't talk about it a lot, but just taking that one minute to like be mindful and be in the moment when it was happening was pretty cool. So, and then hearing all the hooping and hollering was pretty fun. So it was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of tears of joy and lots of, you know, tears of impact. I mean, a lot of people crying because they were just so impacted by the experience. Mm. So, you know, like the good kind of crying where you're crying because your heart's cracking open kind of thing. So who would have thought just going and doing a little bit of racing could have created such a response in people, but. Well, you you would have thought because you created it with your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> true. It's true. Yeah. I, just, yeah, I just wasn't expecting it to be quite as, I didn't expect it to be quite as big as it was. So, you know, the whole thing just, and and the knock-on after effect of it, I have not been expecting that. I heard from BF Goodrich Tires yesterday, and they said that, you know, they said, hey, we saw online that you're running our tires and that you're doing this really cool philanthropy stuff, and we want to talk to you about that. Can you give us an email address? They hit me up through Instagram. Oh, that's and so, so cool. Yeah, they said, can you give us an email address? We actually want to feature you in our BF Goodrich garage, of which there are nice. only they're outside of the racing team. There are only two or three other people they have featured in their garage. Um so they said, we'd like to talk to you about what you're doing and also talk to you about featuring your car in our garage. And I was like, oh, my God, that's oh, wow. so great. Yeah, so I was not. Cool. Yeah, and I've been, I've been running their tires forever. And I hashtag them all the time because I run their tires and I love them. So I always just like hashtag Detroit Speed, hashtag Bear Brakes, hashtag BF Goodrich Tires because I run their tires. But. You know, I haven't, I just buy them, uh, you know, I buy them from Tire Rack like everybody else does. So, you know, I, I was excited when I found out that they found me. I reached out to my friend Alex, who does some stuff at BFG Garage, and I said, hey, did you recommend me to BFG? And he goes, no, I had nothing to do with that. That's just straight cold off social media. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, you know. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's been, it's been pretty, it, it uh, the whole, for, for about, the, for the, from the minute that everybody left the racetrack until about 48 hours later, I was in fits of tears a lot. I cried a lot the first 48 hours after the event, just because it was so hard to take it all in because it was so many beautiful things happening that it was actually hard to, to intake all of it. I mean, it was beautiful. It was just, it was. It was overwhelming in a good way. So I didn't, all that emotion didn't have anywhere else to go, but, you know, leaking out my eyeballs. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was good. So So on to the next one. On to the next one. 
Good for you. That is amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty fun day. So looking forward to doing some more and have some other plans. I was talking to somebody yesterday about cooperating with them so we can actually keep it fresh and add different elements to it along the way to give people something new. So it's good. I feel like we're headed on a good path. So I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful. Well, you want to talk SOGR? Or is there anything else about your last couple of weeks you want to report in about? Uh, nothing nothing outstanding. Um, maybe I'll think of something as we're, as we're talking. Oh, gosh, I do need... Get the hand lotion while we're it's so dry, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Pardon? Whoops. I'm sorry, you okay? I couldn't understand what you said. You said your hands are dry? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just kind of thinking out loud. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get comfy here. Oh. There, I'm lotioned. <laughs> You'll be more comfy. I'm making my coffee. So I have oh, good, good, good. Yeah. good. I'm doing a load of laundry and making my coffee, so I put it on mute for a second so you wouldn't have to listen to the machine running in the background. I had to yeah, go yeah, to yeah. Oh, per- Perfect. Um. Chapter eight, thinking in a certain way. Yeah. Form a clear and definite mental picture of what you want. You can't transmit an idea unless you have it yourself. That's amazing. Many people fail to impress thinking substance because they themselves, they have themselves only a vague and misty concept of the things they want to do, to have, or to become. So I have a question for you. Um, How did you get the idea, um, or how long have you had the idea to do this event? Hmm. It's like 2012 or 2013. I think it was mm-hmm. 2013. Mm-hmm. I think roughly 2013. Because that's when I participated in the fundraiser and ended up giving rides to a bunch of veterans and saw their response, which planted the seed. Wow. And mostly I just, you know, I couldn't quite figure out how I was going to pull it all off. And I didn't have the confidence to just run ahead with the idea at that time. I just didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't see the, I couldn't see the picture at that time. I didn't have the clear and definite picture of what I wanted. I had a vague and misty picture of kind of sort of this and kind of sort of that. And it's hard to accomplish something if I don't know what I'm going towards. So it took a while for it to get clear. And 
you know, pieces of it came in and my confidence built along the way. And then the set of circumstances was just right. And the timing was right. And it just was, you know, it happened in God's time. It totally happened uh-huh. in God's time. But, you know, I was getting encouragement a couple of years ago to do this, but I, I couldn't, I just, I was really blocked. I couldn't get myself to do it. But it wasn't exactly the veteran thing. It was doing things with my business and racing and combining the two of them together. And it just, I could never get it to gel. And then as soon as I just went to keep it super simple and just do a veteran appreciation event, don't try and do anything else. Don't try and do any workshoppy stuff along with it. Like, don't try and do any of that. Just just get them out there and get them having fun in a race car. And, you know, it, it's, it's not until after I started getting headlong into it that people started explaining to me that, you know, it's actually a thing. The Mayo Clinic has done studies on this kind of stuff. And they actually have done studies on things like motorsports and how it helps veterans and what it does for them. And, you know, they call it recreational therapy. And it's really powerful stuff. And so, you know, to find out that there's a legitimate term for it, there's been studies done on it, and, you know, it was pretty cool. But, you know, I didn't know all of that when I started. I just got that idea that, oh, that would be a good thing to do. And then I just held on to it for a long time because it meant so much to me. And then all the pieces fell into place really fast when, you know, once I got clear, crystal clear what this chapter says, once I got that clear mental picture, it's a military, it's a veteran appreciation event. Just get them out there and get them rides in the car. And as soon as I knew that's all it was, and my, one of my best friends was here when I made the decision, and she's like, okay, let's sit down and look at the numbers because let's figure out how much do you actually need to do this. And I was like, well, like on a total, you know, scaled back way where I don't do t-shirts and I, there's no frills and it's just some of us with some cars and giving them rides and I knew what that number was. So as soon as I knew what that number was, I was like, well, that's doable. I can figure out a way to come up with that. I can get donors to give me that much. Uh-huh. You know, like it would mean I wasn't going to get paid for any of it, but it would get the first event done. So and she was she was very smart to do that because it removed my internal resistance to a vague number. So mm-hmm. even the, getting a clear mental picture also meant getting a clear mental financial picture of what was it going to take to do the thing. Mm-hmm. So, and you know the thing that we did with um, Earl Nightingale where we got the, we got our, our goal in front of us? And yeah. Said, okay, well, I still can't get 30 days together. I don't know about you, but I still can't get freaking 30 days together. I still keep, like, blowing it. I'm like oh my gosh I forgot to do this or I didn't you know I just didn't or I whatever so it's 10 years definitely because I still can't I can't get I can't get 30 days together where I abide by all the whatevers Um, but but I am actually on a trajectory to hit my goal Um, That's amazing. So, I'm, I mean, it's not, obviously, it wasn't going to happen. It didn't happen in the 30 days. But I I set that goal and said, okay, if I could do this in the next year. So, I'm like, let's see. Well, what I set for my myself for a goal was $250,000. And uh-huh. 
this contract, which will be, which will end up showing in my business is what is the total, right? Because it's the total amount of cash that's coming through. So total revenue yeah. for, the, for the Warrior Program will hit 200 because they called me and said we want to increase the contract with you because we actually think that there's things that you ought to have money for and it would make it better. And now that we've been, we can see, and so we'd like to support it. And so, oh, Amanda needs the numbers. Here, I'll text them to her. Okay, I'm going to order the invitation. Goodness. All right, there. That is it. Now I want to figure out, I, I want to change that number to net instead of growth. Yeah. Which is really what I had meant by that number when I put it on there, but I guess I should have actually written it because I thought it's the screensaver on my phone. The screensaver on my phone is a picture of, like, my desk with my ponytail racing logo and um, contracts for racetracks and insurance and stuff. It's kind of a fun little picture. And then I just added a text box in there with the dollar amount, but I didn't put net behind it. I just put 250000 so mm-hmm. I had a consulting client contact me and say, hey, can you come and do some stuff with us starting in August? So that'll be another source of income. So I'll just keep trudging away. And then a friend and I are probably going to partner on doing a, an, an event, like a public for-profit event, but we're going to actually donate some of the proceeds to Racing for Warriors. So that'll be another opportunity to make income, trying to have different streams of income. So all my eggs aren't in one basket. Um, Mm. I like the idea of uh, putting a, what did you say, your screenshot on your your desktop on your phone? Is that what you said? 
Yeah, it's the wallpaper on my phone. So when my phone goes to sleep and I wake it up, that's what I see. And it's right. in the background. It's on the wallpaper. So when I'm surfing around anything on my phone, that's what I'm looking at. Very cool. Yeah. I figure I look at that more than anything else. And the whole thing is we're supposed to have it in front of us as often as possible. Very cool. So sometimes I'm more aware of seeing it and sometimes I'm less aware of seeing it. But regardless, my my mind and my eyes are taking in that image constantly. Oh. And Which can you tell, tell me again what, what you have there? You ha What is the image and the text there? Um, how about if I just send it to you? It'll be faster. Oh, sure. Great. Thank you. I'll just send you a copy of the picture, and then it'll be easier. And it's not fancy. It's just a picture of my desk. But it's a picture of my desk with things, like, strategically laid out on it. Ooh, I can't wait to see it. Comic-Con's up in the top right corner because I got passes for that, and I want to go to that this year, too. Morning, ladies. Hi, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Hey. So I, I went in and deleted you and sent you a new invite for this call. So you should have okay. gotten a notification for a new invite. So I just, since you said it fell off your calendar, I just deleted your old one and added you as a new invitee. I'm so. like, what the hell is this about? I don't know, because it's happened to you so many times for this call. I know. So annoying. I don't hey, know. Can't, can't you just create your own, um, your own, like, calendar item? I absolutely could, except it doesn't have all the details in it, you know, like the notes and chapters and stuff. Yeah. Just copy, copy and paste it. Make your own. Fuck technology. If I had it. But... Fuck technology. Do it yourself. So, Amanda, we were just talking about the part in, in Chapter 8, the thinking in a certain way, where it says, um, you know, getting a clear picture in your mind of what you want. You must form a clear and definite mental picture of what you want. You cannot transmit an idea unless you have it yourself. So we were just actually talking about that, which is basically the first paragraph of the chapter. Yeah, and then it says you must have it before you can give it. And many people fail to impress thinking substance because they have themselves only a vague and misty concept of the things they want to do to have or to become. So Ellen had just read that, which I agree with. When you try to impress your wants upon substance, remember that it must be done by a coherent statement. You must know what you want and be definite. You can never get rich or start the creative power into action 
by sending out unformed longings and vague desires. No kidding. That is why the program didn't get launched until it did, because it wasn't clear. Yeah. For, for sure. 100% for sure. I was just watching, um, we were just watching one of the Jordan Peterson things, and he was talking about, you know, this idea of, um, well, he kind of he kind of connected it to the wilderness thing, but you know, just about goal seeking and how you just have to be in action because you can't you can't find the better goal until you move towards the the, the not better goal. Yeah. <laughs> <And> get feedback. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's one of my dad's core um, beliefs is that you just you just have to take action. He always says, you just have to make a decision and take action. Because once you take the action, you'll get feedback. And he said, there are no wrong decisions. Because if you make a decision and you don't like the outcome, you just keep making new decisions until you get to where you like the outcome. But it took all mm-hmm. those decisions, even the ones that seem like the wrong ones, to get you to the outcome you actually want. So that's been like, that's one of the, he's like anchored in that belief. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. That take an action thing. Love it. And then the next section, it says that clear mental picture you must have continually in mind is the sailor has in mind the port toward which he is sailing the ship must keep your face toward it all the time. You must no more lose sight of it than the steersman loses sight of the compass. And Ellen, I think that's why I have in that um, picture of what I'm trying to do as a wallpaper on my phone. That's what yeah. I'm attempting to do there. I mean, that's what Nightingale said too, right? So it's the same concept, different different pieces of literature, but that's why I put it on the wallpaper on my phone because it's it's making me be mindful of it all the time in both active and passive ways. And mm-hmm. like I'm even gonna, I'm gonna take that picture and update it because I wanna wanna also have a picture of something from the event now. Like now that we've done the one event, there's a really cool picture I created a ponytail racing LLC Facebook page. I could start putting all that racing for warriors stuff over there. And there's the photographer sent this really cool picture of everybody sitting together. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people sitting together under the pavilion. And he actually did it in color, but then also in black and white. And I love the black and white one. So I actually use that as the photo for the, like, history about us thing on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so cool. And I'm going to print that image out for myself because that image is what I've been working towards to be able to be an event promoter, basically, you know, doing transformational events and being the event director, I guess it is, for those things. It just looks different than, you know, the events that maybe I would have thought in the past I was going to do, you know, it just looks different that we can be creating these experiences in a different way, but you know, so I'm going to update that wallpaper, that picture I sent you. I'm going to slide in another picture of, you know, I want to take kind of collage and also put a picture of um, 
one of the, you know, one of the cars with the smiling faces and then a picture of the big group under the pavilion. So I can put all that together and then I can have a dollar bowl that I'm going towards and then those other pictures to really represent, you know, specifically the why that I'm delivering the service that I'm delivering. So it's all kind of in a nice little background there. So, but yeah, I like having that on my phone as a background because it, it keeps me more mindful of what I'm shooting towards. Yeah, I like that idea too. I think I'll make myself one of those. Yeah, I'm still not spending a lot of time in my leisure time meditating on this idea. I still haven't been disciplined about doing that. I don't know if you guys are doing that, but I still haven't been great about being disciplined about that part of it yet. I mean, it's not that I don't do that, but I don't, I'm not doing it like with a regular frequency that makes me feel like I made a decision to do it. It's more happenstance. So. Yeah, well, I, I think, think I know why it's going to be 10 years. Sorry. I was going to say, I think I think I know why it takes 10 years. Right? Yes. Yeah, we were just talking about that right before you got on. That is hard. Learn to learn all of it and remember. And I guess I shouldn't say hard because I shouldn't put that truth on it. It's a habit to be developed. I'll put it that way. It's definitely a habit that takes a minute to develop it. What were you going to say, Ellen? Um, what I was going to say is that, I, you know, there are different stages in the creative process. And you, we can use the, I mean, I think when, when you're in the stage that you're in, in the, you know, the actual manifestation part, um, you don't need to have those long swathes of time and meditation because your actions are your meditation. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's like, I think of it m- more as a process. Um, you know, in the beginning when we're far from manifesting, I think that's the period of time, you know, when we need to spend a lot of time forming the mental, I- the mental image and meditating on it and filling out all the details and picturing it. And then as we, you know, we do that, we do that, we do that. And then it's, it becomes real in our subconscious so that we don't need to spend as much time in that deep formative thought. Yeah. I guess I'm at, I'm in deep formative thought about the next new thing I'm going to do in addition to this. <laughs> That's what's end up happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the reality of how I'm 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 holding on to this one. Like I'm still working on and nurturing and taking action on this one, but I have like two add-ons that I'm going to do. You know, I mean, my friend that's a contractor to the military. I don't know if I told you guys this, but he grabbed me at the end of the event and said, hey, I talked to whoever it was, the commandant of the Navy or whatever the hell it was, and told him I thought we should do one of these events on space. And he was open to having a discussion with us about it. And we talked about maybe hosting 500 veterans at the event. And then we'll work with you to get food vendors and everybody there to do all of it. 
and <clears throat> we'll just actually take your event and run it on on a base. So the, a bunch of other things will be taken care of, like it, what the facility and the, the track and like you know all the seating and all that stuff. The military will take care of all that. So I just have to do like the track setup and get the cars there and get you know get get that running to get the people in the cars. But all the facility stuff, they'll take care of all of it. So he's like, what do you think? You want to do like a 500 person event? I was like, well, yes, and, and, because I never like to say no to anything like this. It has to be a long trajectory because that's a whole another kettle of fish to try and plan. And he goes, no, I agree with you, but also you're not going to have to do that one alone. We're going to help you. Like we're going to, you're going to have, a, you're going to have some troops to help you. And I was like, oh, okay. So. He said, I have to go I have to go overseas, but when I get back, we'll sit down and talk and see what we can do to pull it together. So now I'm already visioning that one. I'm visioning that one and I'm visioning the road tour that we'll do with a bunch of car people where they'll pay cash to do it. And then at the end of it, it'll terminate at a Racing for Warriors event. So the people that we're driving on the road tour will become the drivers for the veterans at the event. So we start to combine things together. So I'm kind of, I'm just, it's, the vision is just expanding a little bit based on opportunities that people are sliding in front of me. And I'm trying to be in the, you know, yes and. So we can do that, but it has to be a long trajectory. So I was like, I'm thinking we should do it as like the one year anniversary of, so like celebrating the one year anniversary of Racing for Warriors. We'll do a big event on a base in Virginia. So that's, that's kind of how I'm envisioning it. I'll see what my friend says when he gets back in the country. So I wasn't expecting that at all. At all. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's exciting and scary as hell. <laughs> that's big. That's a big animal to try and manage. So, I mean, I think we can do it. It's just it's going to take planning. It's not going to happen overnight, so we can't just pull that one out of our hat in 60 days. I mean, I guess we had to because that's no sense doing that to ourselves. So, yeah, so, you know, leisure time, you spend as much of your leisure time as you can. I mean, I, I do think about this stuff a lot. It's just, it's less structured. Like, I think about it a lot when I'm driving or, you know, when I'm spending time by myself doing chores around the house or something, so I'm not actually just sitting in meditation, but I do think about it and envision it a lot. And then my brain starts solving, solving for X or solving for Y. You know, while I'm doing chores, which we know the artists we talk about that all the time. You know, get the critic brain busy so that the creative brain can come out and solve the problems. Mm. I don't know about you guys, but in the book, like right after that chapter, the very next chapter, it says, and unless you really want to get rich so that the desire is strong enough to hold your thoughts directed to the purpose as the magnetic pole holds the needle of the compass, it will hardly be worth while for you to try and carry out the instructions given in this book. Where are you reading from? Um, you know the chapter where it says, 
the chapter right below or where we just were, spend as much of your leisure time as you can in contemplating okay. your picture, the very next paragraph. It starts with, and unless you really. Does your book have it that way? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it, I got it. What, what were you going to say about that? Well, to be frank, I don't, I think about, I think about well, but I don't think I've actually really been doing this paragraph. Like, I what don't think I like? really, I don't think I really sit in the getting rich, being rich, like really like just totally owned getting rich. Like I can, like I realize that I kind of soften it or I, I talk about it in more kind of like backhanded ways. And I think there's good reason for that in, you know, society in general. I think if we just walk around all the time talking about getting rich, it's, you know, kind of like give me a break. But even in places where it's safe to do so, I'm not super blunt about the fact that I want to be like filthy fucking rich. You know, even I, the I, word I, that you I, use. Did you hear the word that you use? Filthy fucking rich. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to be dirty in it. <laughs> what is remember were you at the one with Levon and she's like I want to be obscenely filthy <laughs> yes that's right but I, I'm you know as I'm reading this I'm just thinking to myself I always soften it or hedge the bet or you know I do when I talk about wealth and money and all that stuff, I'm always hedging the bet and softening it and making it not too much. And that isn't what this says. It says, if you really want to get rich so the desire is strong enough to hold you, your thoughts directed to the purpose. Part of the reason this is sticking out is I was just actually talking to somebody early this morning. We're talking about money and our obstacles to money and the scarcity brain that comes up and how crafty it is and the stories it tells. It was was a fascinating conversation. And I was like, wow. And because I got to talk to somebody else about how it was showing up for them, I got to see it for myself, you know, in myself. And I was like, wow. Okay. It shows up as so noble. It just shows up as this noble thing. You know, can't do that because people will get hurt. Can't do that because, you know, I can't have my dream and go after what I want because, you know, it'll cost my family too much or the ruffle feathers or, you know, the, all the stuff. It shows up as all, all this noble, seemingly noble stuff. And, it's not that that stuff isn't noble. It's just in a certain context, that stuff is actually just our scarcity brain throwing up resistance to getting rich. So what would, Cheryl, what would it look like if you began to do the thing you say you're not doing yet? What would that look like? 
Um, part of it is I think just being like actually when we talk about like money and wealth and abundance, like even in this group, just talk about getting filthy fucking rich. Like instead of saying, you know, increase income or, you know, expand wealth or be more abundant or be more prosperous. And there's nothing wrong with that language at all. It's just when I use it, I am hedging my bet instead of just owning the fact that I would like to be rich, like not even just comfortable. I mean, I would like to be wealthy. And wealth is, you know, wealthy to me, like wealthy and rich, that's like there's comfortable and then there's like wealthy, which is like filthy fucking rich. That That's the level that I hedge my bet and it's my, it's my own, it's my own limitation showing up. It's my own not believing that I can actually have that life and get to that spot. So talking about it and then just, you know, letting all of my chatter come up and working with it. But I just don't even think, I haven't even been thinking in those terms. So part of it is just to start to think in those terms, Mm. you know, as opposed to thinking in, you know, as opposed to thinking in terms of I'd like to have X which is kind of playing too small, you know, because there's a certain point where it's like, well, I'd like to be comfortable. I'd I'd like to just be able to pay all my bills and not really have to worry and, you know, just be able to relax a little bit financially. Well, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with me wanting that. It's just, I don't, that's not, that's not actually rich. (laughs) And if you want to hear a really funny story, I have this painting that was done years ago in Hawaii. It's a goofy little painting, but every letter of my name is like a different figure. So the C is like a dolphin with its tail turned up, like it's on its, you know, like it, like it would be, like when you see the dolphins doing tricks and they actually get up on their tail and skirt across the top of the water. So the mm-hmm. C looks like that, and then the H is like, um, you know, these stalks of, I don't know what, like plants shooting up with like a little, I don't know, ray of something in the middle. And the, the E is like a bird with a sunset and palm trees. So it's all this creative stuff. It's a cute thing. I mean, I just have it hanging in my bathroom because things in my bathroom are pink and it's primarily pink. And, but, the glass on the front of it broke. A slice of glass, like on a diagonal, like a third from one of the edges, is just broken right out of it. And so it has this funky little break in the glass where there's actually chunks of glass missing. And I've been looking at this thing for a year, thinking as soon as I get stuff paid off, I'm going to fix that painting. Every day I walk by this broken glass painting that's leaning up against the wall behind my soaking And just that one thing made me think of what these books talk about. When you're wealthy, everything is easier. When when he talks about hygienic practices, you know, go to the doctor, you can do everything you need to do to take care of your health and all the stuff you need to take care of when he talks about that in the other books. 
there's a whole other level that you play at when you're, it's like working with this foundation, you know, I mean, I'm trying to put on an event, so, I, you know, I'm working, I'm dealing with a working class world, it was that deadline, stuff's got to get done, we, we have, you know, we have commitments we have to meet, you know, meanwhile, I'm looking for a logo to be able to include them on all the stuff that I'm promoting, and I still don't have a logo, so I just had to make something up myself. So when you're playing at the, in the playground that they're playing at, timelines aren't a big thing. Like, it's a different world. And, and if you don't get the logo done, oh, well, somebody will come up with something, and it'll all be fine. No big deal. You know, meanwhile, I'm down here toiling, sweating every little detail, right? So it's just, it's a different level. It's just a different level that people play at. It's a different level of, you know, not worrying about things and, so I think that's that's why it struck me so much is as I look around the things that I want to do and get done and you know and the things that are required to do that. There's some actions to take, but I don't know. When I read this this particular paragraph, I was just like, yeah, you know, that so like just being brazen with myself about the fact that I want to be rich is not something I've really landed in and stood in. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's my journey. I'll work on it. I'm going to start using the word rich, though. With you guys, I'm going to start using the phrase filthy fucking rich. So just FYI. I can say F instead of so F word. Well, I like that. I I mean, I don't like, obviously, I will. I, I would like a more positive portrayal of it, but whatever works for you. But I like the idea of... um. Uh, having a like a phrase for it. I like that. Right? And if that's what we're comfortable with at this point, then filthy fucking rich it is. I spend a lot of time in my meditations in the last few months. Um, like when I take a rest in the afternoon, uh, sometimes I'll take a, not necessarily a nap, but, you know, you know, lay on my bed and get comfortable, close my eyes, and I do visioning. I imagine, you know, being that person that has, you know, an, a very, very full bank account. And think about how will I feel differently, how will I interact with people differently, how will I look at the people holding signs on the side of the road differently? And just to really trying to inhabit that person that I will be. You know that saying, every, every, oh, I can't think of the exact quote, but something like when we, like at every new stage of our life requires a different version of ourselves. Yeah. Really spend time thinking about who am I going to be, like, how do I feel, how am I going to feel different? You know, I really, really picture it. Can I use the word really again? Really. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really picture it. 
question. How do how am I going to feel? And what would be like if if X amount of dollars is deposited, or when X amount of dollars is deposited in my account? What's really going to be the first thing I do? What is like what am I going to do? And I know there you know there are a few bills I'd like to pay. Um, but then what? Right? Then what? You know, yeah. do I lipo suck my ass or, <laughs> or or contribute to homeless people or I only say that because I I, ha- I have a friend who just lipo sucked her ass. We're all making fun of her. She's like, I don't care what you think. <laughs> I don't care. My husband said I could. <laughs> hey, you know what? Whatever makes somebody feel good about themselves, that's what I say. Right. I mean, I think some of these people get involved in this stuff and they end up looking, I don't know what, but, if, you know, if in their mind they feel better, then right on. That's what's important. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm all for you know subtle enhancements. Of course, the, the fear is that someone would end up you know not not looking like a natural beauty that they are. Yeah, I'm too much of a sissy to have any of that stuff done. Like, what if it turned out, you know, what if something went bad? I'll, I'll take my oh, wrinkles. Right. My yeah, bag. Super, super painful. Yeah. Scary. It's according, scary to me. According to her, according to her, she's like, they, they really downplay how painful this is. <laughs> oh. Yeah, one of my friends was laid up for like eight weeks. I don't know. I haven't seen her, but she must have done something intense. Because she literally had to have a caregiver come and take care of her while she was recovering. Oh. And I was like, yeah, for me, that's too far. <laughs> it's just my own personal experience of it. Nothing that takes me out of my life for eight weeks. Yeah. I'm just scared. I'm just too scared to do it. You know, I think like ten grand for boobs. Like, think of how many people you could help with that amount of money. That's oh my gosh! I just like, oh my goodness! If I were to do that, do oh. you agree, Max? You agree? Oh. <laughs> he says no. Don't get no. Sorry, I don't know how I got us off track. I apologize. No problem. We're just talking about life stuff in conjunction with money stuff. Yeah, I mean, this whole chapter, right, it's all about, it's just all about having the clear mental picture, knowing what it is, getting to it. Mm. 
you know, this thing that we read all the time. The message here is set forth are for people. This is like, the, I think, the next paragraph after what we just read. Yeah, it's the very next paragraph. The methods here, herein set forth are for people whose desire for riches is strong enough to overcome mental laziness and the love of ease and make them work. So we have to do it. And then dwelling on the picture in all its detail. And then faith that it's already ours, that it's at hand. And all we have to do is take possession of it. Like that's a, that's a, whoa. Dwell upon your mental picture until it is clear and distinct, and then take the mental attitude of ownership toward everything in that picture. Take possession of it in mind in the full faith that it is actually yours. Hold to this mental ownership. Do not waver for an instant in the faith that it is real. And remember what is said in the preceding chapter about gratitude. Be as thankful for it all the time as you expect to be when you have, when it has taken form. Your part is to intelligently formulate your desire for the things which make for a larger life and to get these and to get these desires arranged into a coherent whole, and then to impress this whole desire upon the formless substance, which has the power and the will to bring you what you want. You do not make this impression by repeating strings of words. You make it by holding the vision with unshakable purpose to attain it, and with the steadfast faith, steadfast faith that you do attain it. I always I don't know why I love this line so much, but it says the answer to your prayer is not according to your faith while you are talking, but according to your faith while you are working. Fine. In order to get rich, you do not can you can you back up a second? Yeah. Uh, the paragraph that says you do not make this impression by repeating strings of words. You make it by holding the vision with unshakable purpose to attain it. What do you? I, that kind of confuses me. What? What do you? What is? What do you think he means by purpose in that context? Resolve. Oh, okay. You do not make this impression by repeating strings of words. You make it by holding the vision with unshakable resolve to attain it and with steadfast faith that you do attain it. Ooh, I like that. That's how I read it. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's how I read it. Yeah. The purpose is like the reason that I'm doing it and that that I have the reason and the resolve. Like the purpose is there's a thing that I do, I'm going to do it, I'm committed to doing it. And so that that's, yeah. 
and then getting into action and having faith that it's going to come together. I mean, you know, this first event that I did with um, the, the charity that brought the veterans was Operation North State because they're connected with Wounded Warrior and DVET and all these other veteran organizations. And so both he and I were taking a little bit of a leap of faith with each other because he said he could get the veterans there, but I didn't really know. And so, you know, we spent a bunch of money hoping that we were going to be able to deliver. And, man, he did such an amazing job. And he actually sent me the stats afterward, and he said, look at this. We had 60 people sign up and 57 showed up. He said, we never get stats like that. You only had three three people that committed to coming that did not show. You only had three no-shows of 60 people. Can you say, what were your stats again? 60 people. 60 people signed up, and only three did not show up. That's awesome. And was this a free event for them? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't do the math. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's decent. It's a decent percentage that showed. He was surprised by the number. That's why I sent this thing to me. It's like, I, you, sh- you should share this with people. I don't know who, but share it with people. These are really good stats. So I was like, well, I don't know who I'm supposed to share it with, but okay, maybe potential sponsors or donors. Yeah, the people who pay your paycheck. Yeah. So, yeah, they were there. So it was good. They got to be the first one. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I was really glad that they came. It was great to share that moment together. Yeah, I mean, the last few paragraphs of this chapter, it's the same thing. It's you know, in order to get rich, you do not need a sweet hour of prayer. You need to pray without ceasing. And by prayer, I mean holding steadily to your vision with the purpose to cause its creation into solid form and the faith that you are doing so. Believe that ye receive them. The whole matter turns on receiving. Once you have clearly formed your vision, when you have formed it, it is well to make an oral statement addressing the supreme and reverent prayer. And from that moment, you must, in mind, receive what you ask for. Live in the new house, wear the fine clothes, ride in the automobile, go on the journey, confidently plan for the greater journey, think and speak of all the things you have asked for in terms of actual present ownership. Imagine an environment and a financial condition exactly as you want them and live all the time in that imaginary environment and financial condition. Mind, however, that you don't do this as a mere dreamer and castle builder. Hold to the faith that the imaginary is being realized and to the purpose to realize it. Remember that faith, remember that it is faith and purpose in the use of the imagination which make the difference between the scientist and the dreamer. And having learned this fact, it is here that you must learn the proper use of the will. So. Yeah, I mean, this is just all about getting clear about what the picture is and having faith and 
in it and the resolve and purpose to get it done. Which seems simple, but it hasn't been for me. <laughs> so work in progress. I don't know. I feel like, you know, if that might be true if you're if you have a particular timeline on it, but I feel like, you know, like how many things had to come together for you to have this experience? How many other people needed to be put into the right position? And you know what I mean? Like sometimes I feel like we take all the responsibility for the delays, but there are other people that we're playing with who have to be ready in the right, you know, like it's like a chess game. Like, yeah. I'm ready to just take down the king, but hello. Like, I got all these folks that are not ready. <laughs> I guess you move them all. But, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of a strange thing. I just think sometimes it affects our resolve. You know, like my my desire for a lot of things is waning right now. And I just think that I could be like, well, I don't have the right focus or vision or resolve or like, no, I, I feel like everything is just being shuffled. It's just being shuffled. And it's weird. <laughs> you know, like I just got to wait. Like, Amanda, wait. Yeah, so... Anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, the timing is definitely affected by other factors. Totally agree with that. You know, the timing and how it all comes together definitely is affected by external factors. All the way down to how did you meet this person? Breaking your wrist, meeting up in a hospital, like. What? How does that happen? <laughs> Have you seen the Adjustment Bureau? Uh-uh. No. I, I, Amanda, I watched it after you recommended it. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, it's kind of like this idea, you know, like, there's a, there's an end game. But, um, we can set up delays or, you know, and they're like these, uh, call them angels or whatever, you know, kind of helping us doing things like filling our coffee in the morning so that we won't go, you know, into a particular meeting at a particular time or something like that, right? It's like this funny way of looking at what might be happening above all of our intention. Not that the intention and the result don't matter. It's just a curiosity for me. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. You have another retreat coming up, don't you, Amanda? I do on the seventh. The seventh? Yeah. Mhm. A week long or? 
Yeah. I'm kind of running an experiment with this one. Um, and I told them so. <laughs> like, I, you know, I really don't like being away for a full week. It's hard. Um, and so I'm trying to find a way to, like, this time I'm going to actually have them um, do a bunch of homework before we get there, like some of the mapping stuff that we normally do there. I'm going to have them do that, and then we're going to have, like, a two- to three-hour session before the retreat so that my brain has everything that it needs to start populating the matrix and finding the right questions to finish doing that. So hopefully the idea is like day one, end of day one, we'll have the matrix or day two, and then they'll get two or three days of working with me so I can chop some time off the end of the retreat in the future. So we'll see how it goes. If if it's going to work, if how do I say it? If, if these two that have signed up can do it, then it's going to work. These are very, very fascinating characters that I have coming to my retreat, let's say. Fascinating. Last last time I had, you know, a, a group of very powerful healers. This time I have a few people who are like, um, more at the beginning of the healing journey. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, they have, it's not like they don't have tools and stuff, but nothing like what I experienced the last time. And, and they're also, they've also got these interesting, uh, you know, quirks, interesting quirks, let's say. Mm. So. That, you know, just the things, like, it's not really judgment. It's just, like, mm, keep an eye on that. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, they're a little scrambly. They're scrambly and ungrounded. Yeah. And actually, what's hilarious is I'm looking at the menus that they sent me, and I'm like, I bet that it's because of the food that they're eating and not eating, that they're scrambly and ungrounded. That'd be my guess. Mm. Me. But yeah, it's been interesting. I had like four people on my on my sales call list yesterday that I didn't even know. They just found me through a person, went to my website and booked booked some time with me. So I was like, Yeah, more of that. That's how I would like to roll, thank you. That is or, awesome. You know? Where I'm not running and chasing, and like I just want to do the part that I'm good at. Thanks. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. I want to say it's about damn time. (laughs) (laughs) It's about damn time. Finally, finally, people. Yeah. 
What about you, Ellen? What do you have coming up? I'm just uh, just plugging away photos, listings. Um, I've had several calls with different people over the last couple of weeks about book publishing and <clears throat> trying to soak it all in and decide what route I want to go. I've uh, been working on my website. That still, it's I I got it started as far as transitioning it with the brand, but it's not um, it's not made any real progress in the last couple of weeks because my um, my gemstone shop has been doing really well. Uh, so um, I'm actually at the point where I'm I've got a big huge um, you know the flip charts you use during trainings. Yeah, one of those out, and uh, I'm I need to make a a chart of everything that I've got going. Get all my ideas down in one place. I I have to do that periodically, every couple of weeks. You know, because I I I feel like I've I got a, a lot of different projects going, and it, um, some days it's difficult to decide. What's the most important thing? What's my highest income producing activity for today? So I'll get to that in the next day or so. Just plugging along all these different avenues and doing my visualization. I'm going to make a, a, a desktop photo for like you did or a, a screensaver photo. What do you call it? Wallpaper. Thank you. And the book is done. Done now. Are you done? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't made any progress. It's still at about eighty percent. Uh, but well, I haven't made any progress on the actual book. But I, um, I watched a bunch of publishing videos uh, by Hay House, and. I had a consult with a guy at Balboa Press, and then I'm also looking into Create Space. I'm just trying to decide which is going to meet my needs best. Yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Not Balboa Press. Why is that? I mean, unless you like test really strong for it, and it seems like the right thing for you. Like if you get a really mm -hmm. strong yes, I just. I haven't met anyone who's been through their process that hasn't been really disappointed. Really? Uh -huh. Yeah, their sales, their sales force is really amazing, really helpful, really quick, really detail-oriented. But once you get in the process, and especially because you have... Um, this conversation that we had about the 12 steps, you know, the, yeah. the um, viability and all that, that, you know, I think I connected you with Lisa, right? Really? Which um, one was Lisa, the lawyer? Lisa, Lisa, Lisa is a literary lawyer and Tina is the intellectual property right. person. So they'll help you get the releases and the permissions and all whatever you need to do to cover your butt. But I had one client last year who ended up pulling her um, 
book from Balboa because it was such a nightmare for libel and liability. They were like, and and it wasn't so much like, <laughs> this, is what, this is what I ended up telling her. It's not even that this is a challenging process. It, I understand because of the nature of her story and everything why it was a challenging process, and I totally get that. It was the uh, it was the way that they handled it that mm. was like inhuman. You know, we're dealing with like a very hard story, and it's like a whole bunch of people are saying, "Well, you have to change all the names." Well, all the names have been changed. Did you not read your notes? You know what I mean? Like, there's this level of, um, it's just not cool. And then they're like, well, you need to change this and that, you know. And it's like this generalization. She's like, well, I have done that. Where else would you like me to do it? But it's like no one's actually reading to give information. They're just doing this high-level thing, this high-level review and feeling like it's hot and, you know, it's a challenging topic. And they don't want to be responsible because their name is on it. So it's one thing to have high standards for legality, and that's, like I really, um, I really understand that and honor it. But their way of working with authors through the process absolutely sucked. I saw the emails. I was just like, I think you should pull it. She's like, I'm so glad you said that because I want to. And then uh, what solution did she use ultimately? She used CreateSpace. Mm. It's the easiest. So, yeah, they were talking Um, about how um, uh, they have this network for distribution, blah, blah, blah. And, and, yeah, my experience was that the, the salesperson was wonderful. He was really great. But oh, yeah. I can certainly understand. Um, I've worked in enough companies to know that, yes, production is a disaster. <laughs> that is not what I want to be dealing with. It's not. And you know what? Especially because you have an eye for design and you have, like, you have all of these things that make you more than capable of managing this really successfully on your own. Whereas, oh, thanks for pointing that know. out. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. You don't need them. All I need, um, I need an, I need an editor with experience in the twelve steps. And I yeah. have a couple feelers out there. And I, no, I, I just mean, I just mean as far as figuring out the project management piece. Uh-huh. If you were going to do any, if you're going to check out anything, I would look. And you're willing to spend that type of money, I would look at Book Baby. Because they have bigger distribution than CreateSpace does, and all of the customer service is unbelievable, as far as I've heard and as far as I've experienced. I've never walked a a book through their entire process yet, but I have a client who is pretty happy, and a few people who have been through it who really were like top-notch, you know, eye for design, good team. All right, great. I'm going to add that to my notes. Yeah, I don't need any help with design. I mean, I'm writing the book in InDesign and adding illustrations 
as I go. I, I've, I've produced enough books for other people. I know it's going to be done. When it's done, it's going to be like it won't need to go through design and layout. So, yeah, and that's yeah. I design my own cover. I mean, it's, it's that's what I'm saying. Don't do Valpoma. Yeah. You've got it all nailed. You've got it all locked down. You could do Create Space easily, or you could do Book Baby because it has more distribution. And they also there's also this thing about converting books to ebook possibilities, mm-hmm. which is like a super pain in the ass. I hate that process with my clients, like with the design person trying to get it right. And so you can pay them a small fee to handle that crap and make sure that it works on their systems and you know like oh that's that's the kind of stuff for me that i'm looking forward to having them do for me because i don't want to manage that anymore oh yeah i see yeah okay so you're you're what you're saying what i'm hearing you say is that you're looking forward to having book baby convert print books into ebooks for you Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I have because of my, the timeline that I'm running on, which is always last minute. Mm. The viral. Um, I'm gonna have my own team working on design and formatting, and then mm-hmm. I'll just upload the files to Book Baby and have them convert it to eBooks. Mhm. It's more expensive than CreateSpace, but. I don't want all that drama. I'd rather pay for them to handle it. Mm. Anyway. All right. I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. It totally helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed because I I had a few people try Balboa last year and I was really hoping because it's such a good... It's such a good match for so many of my authors. I was like, yay. And then I was like, oh, God. No. <laughs> and not so much, huh? Not excited about it. Mm. Oh, God. Okay, I got to I gotta run. I, I got to shower and get dressed. I have uh, workers coming. But good hearing your voices. Thank you. You too. Thank you. I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Okay. All right. Bye, ladies. Sounds good. Bye. You still there, Amanda? I am. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh... I'm dropping in the content mode for the day, so I got a lot. I have like three proposals and then working on Nikki stuff. It's so funny. When I try to do inner light sessions with people, her inner light method is like trying to give me instructions for how to change everything. It's like, I need you to be quiet while I'm witnessing this. Like, I get it. I'm like doing a session and jotting notes. It's like, no, see, this doesn't like this. This part is pointless now because it's over here. It's like, 
that's wonderful. And also, can you just shut up while I'm doing this session? <laughs> so this morning I was trying to do one. I'm like, I told you, I'm coming today. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's funny. It's so funny. I also have a blog I want to write, but I don't know. I went to see Jordan Peterson last night with the guys, and I'm just like, I have so much that I want to say, and I just am like, ah. it feels like it's not time, and I'm frustrated. Yeah. Like, get this other stuff, you know, get this content that, like, everything else is more important. And I'm sure that it's just because I need to process everything and let it sink in. But I'm just, like, so excited about what I'm learning and what it means for this whole everything, this industry. Like, last night he told a story of, of, you know, his thing is, like, ordering chaos, right? And so he talked about the story, the Egyptian story of Osiris being, like, the the king who stopped paying attention, essentially. He became, like, a structure, a culture that stopped innovating. And he was being counseled by his brother who actually wanted his position. So he fell to malevolence and his brother waited for his weak moment and then he cut him into pieces and he spread him all, all over the all over the land, which is like this is what happens to structures, right? When they're not innovating, they fall apart. And they yeah. get destroyed, and um, and then uh, Isis, the goddess of chaos, went and um, she she made a baby with one of his parts, let's say, <laughs> <coughs> and so his son Horus, you know the the Egyptian eye that's like an important symbol in many spiritual yeah. traditions, you see it? Yeah. That's the Eye of Horus. And basically, so the Egyptian story is that it was the Eye of Horus that saved the culture. It was his ability to pay attention and to see things that no one else wanted to see. And so um, he saw what was wrong and he went back to take the culture away from his uncle and in the process, he had his eye, um, one of his eyes were, was plucked out. And he was talking about, like, that's the thing with being willing to see things is, like, sometimes it damages your vision. Like, sometimes there are things that are so hard to see, but you have to in order to save yourself or save a culture or, but you have to, you have to see them. And then, in, and so Horus wins the battle. And instead of, um, instead of putting his eye back in, because you know he's a god, 
instead of putting his eye back in, he goes down into the underworld to his father and he gives him his eye. And so he, Osiris uses the eye and together they come back to their culture. And so the Egyptians' idea of, of um, a sovereign leader was the melding of these two beings, the structure and the one that was mindful and could see and would pay attention mm. to where it needed to be constantly updated and saved. Like such a simple, right? But it's like part of this conversation of like how often do we like, are we striving for outcome instead of the process? You know, like we want to have that structure locked in place. And then we do, and then we like let go, right? Yay, we're finally here. Look, I have the perfect revenue model. Look, I have the blah, blah, blah. And we lose our, we lose our eye because we achieved our outcome. And that's what happened. So it's like the, for me, it was just like one of those like slaps up against you know, upside my head of like this whole mindfulness thing, experiencing it with Nikki and getting this to roll out and having the conversation about the mindful messenger. Like, you see, it's like all being woven together in this really rich, rich way of like, and also I think that's one of the reasons why I was saying what I was saying about vision and resolve today is because like, at least my for me, my lesson right now is like I can't see a vision. So my experience is just to pay attention and just to stay mindful. Like that's my practice. Yeah. And I'm glad because, you know, once things start to move and I have vision again, like hopefully this level of mindfulness will it will be so in the bone, so to speak that I won't suffer the consequences of what's left when, when things finally start to click into place. So it's weird. Lots of integration going on in the background. And I'm yeah. just showing up and doing what I can do in a day. <laughs> well, that's all we can do anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do what we do. We also working on it. Yeah. We also have this big conversation about, um, you know, people taking advantage of you and resentment and all of that. And I was like, not in heaven. <laughs> That's why I don't. Um, that's why I haven't created pets. Because I still allow people to take advantage. And I don't want to resent them any more than I already do. Mm. And then I come home and, you know, Aaron is not feeling well. And Ryan has completely been out of shape. And I was just like, mm-hmm, yeah, check it out. This is... This is uh, what happened. 
We always got served. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. We got served. Welcome to field, boys. And it's like, man, you know, you've got to, oh, my God. It's rich. It's so beautiful what he's doing. So. Anyway. Me and calendars right now, girl. Let me tell you, this is a hot mess. There's something with me and the calendars. I think it's just me because I'm like booked a flight this morning and it went on the wrong calendar. And I'm just like, really? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sounds like a lot of really cool things happening in your world. Are you still there? Yep. Yep, I'm here. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah. Life is something else right now. If you only had one word to describe it, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh, Indescribable? Oh, no. I can describe the word that I, the the word that I feel is um, humbled. Like in a good way, I I just I feel incredibly humbled by everything that's happening. So, yeah, and and you know then also there's this other stuff in the mix of you know all the I, I told you about all the insurance riders I have to have for this program. Yeah, you started to. Yeah, the foundation sent me the contract and it had all those. I mean, you know, I'm looking at I don't know four to ten grand or something per year for insurance, which has to be, which I have to have underwritten before we can be under contract. So, and of course, the money that I need to do that has already been extended out to pay for everything for the program, which they're not going to reimburse those expenses until after I sign the contract. This is a mission cycle, so I'm going to have to just talk to them and say, hey, Reimburse me for the expenses, and I'll use that. You know, we do like a separate or put a line in the contract that says you're going to reimburse me for the expenses of the June event, and then this contract will be in effect once I get those. You know, the remainder of the contract will be in effect once we get the insurance because you know that's a lot of cash that I've got to come up with out of my pocket, but. I don't actually have sitting around right now because of everything I spent getting this thing launched. Yeah. So, and I mean, I know that I know they're, I know they're going to pay for it. It's not like I'm worried that the money is not going to happen. It's just time-wise, it's a balancing act. So that's been interesting. But then there's a million like amazing things that are going on. You know, even the contracting is a great thing for me to see. 
about, okay, well, what part is mine and what part is not mine? You know, nobody ever mentioned any of this insurance and then it just showed up on the contract. So I, I kind of can't be held responsible for that, you know. They didn't tell me they wanted me to have all that. So, yeah. But on the plus side, I talked to a friend of mine last night, yesterday, who promotes events. And I think we're going to join forces. I think we're going to join forces and actually be able to host veterans at their event. And, that, and then I can go after big sponsors because if they're, the events that they're doing, they're partnering with other really big event organizers. And so we're talking about tens of thousands of eyes move through these events because they do the race, but they, they also have car shows. So they have a lot of spectators that just come and watch the racing and walk through the car show. And so my friend is like, "Yeah, we should partner on that because I'm I'm more I already have the track. I already, you know I'm more, the cars are already coming. Like all that stuff's already happening. So there's no sense you recreating the wheel if we can just partner together. And so I called him because I told him I wanted to see if there were ways we could partner. And I said, "Well, I'm going to have to pay somebody for track fees." And, you know, I'm going to have to pay somebody for these things. And if we could partner together, I mean, I'd rather go that way, you know. For sure. So, and they have the event insurance, so we can just, you know, pay uh, pay a portion towards the insurance to make sure we're all covered. And so, anyways, I have to get the charity on board with the idea. But I really wanted, I would really love to do it that way. So, even if I even if I have to have separate Park Joy Foundation racing for warrior events and then me racing for warrior events, I'm gonna partner with Bill and do that. So one way or another, I am gonna partner with him and do it, but I'd like to do it with the foundation just because it makes it easier. But if we don't, I'll go get other sponsors to pay for those, you know, bigger public programs and then I'll do the private programs with Park Joy Foundation. So either way it's all fine. It's, you know, it's helping veterans. So and I got a message yesterday from BF Goodrich Tires on my Instagram. They sent me a message, and they were like, hey, we saw that you're running our tires and that you're also doing this really cool philanthropy stuff. Can you provide us with an email address so we can talk to you? We would like to. Seriously. <laughs> we would like to feature you on our BFG Garage website. And then also, we want to learn more about your philanthropic programs. And I'm like, what? Because I talked to somebody that I know at BFG on Saturday, and he was kind of, uh, he, he didn't, I mean, he said, yeah, he'd like to talk about it and potentially consider doing something in some kind of way, but he wasn't really, like, he wasn't as, like, enthusiastic as I was hoping he would have been. So I took it as a good sign when I got that message. Allie was there, and I was like, well, look what I just got. And she started laughing. She goes, huh, I wonder if that means you have a tire sponsor now. I started laughing. Like, I hope so. And even if all they do is sponsor the tires for my car, that's huge. Because that's a $1,700 right. ticket every time I have to change them. So even if they just sponsor me, you know, just my car with the tires, that, you know, that's a saving for, for this whole program that we're trying to do because that's the thing that's going to wear out the fastest. So 
I just I just kind of chuckled to myself and I was like, what? And now, admittedly, I always hashtag them. I always hashtag CF Goodrich Tires because I run in their tires right. and I like their stuff. And, and I know people that, you know, work with them and a lot of my friends are a part of their race team. And for me, that's the bigger goal for working with CF Goodrich is I really want to become a part of their race team. Um, you know, I'd love to be actually on their on their team so I can get to go like run the Baja 1000 and go do other events with them. So that would be the bigger goal with being involved with them is getting the tire sponsorship and then becoming a part of their race team. So then we just have bigger reach for everything that we're doing. So because they have way deeper pockets, they have a far greater reach and they're involved in on-road, off-road, all kind of stuff. So Anyway, so I was like, sure, I love your tires. I used to run this brand. Now I'm running this brand. I'd be delighted. My cell phone, and I started texting my Alex, who works at Detroit Speed, who runs their BFG garage truck. And I was like, hey, did you send BFG my uh, information about me? Because I just heard from them that they want to feature me on their BFG garage website. And he's like, no, I had nothing to do with it. That's all them. I did not. I I don't know anything about that. Because I thought maybe Alex recommended me, and so that's why they reached out to me. But he's like, no, I didn't have nothing to do with it. So he's like, that's all them. They just want you, apparently. So it's like, cool. I'll take it. The first thing I've had where somebody like something like that came to me through social media. So. Brad. Yeah. So I'm just like bowing down to the, you know, the gods right now. Mm-hmm. So and I'm trying to also partner up with this Racing for Heroes. And I sent them an email this morning and said, hey, I have this idea. I'm going to see if you guys want to do something together. Here's what I can bring to the table. And then here's what I would ask you to bring to the table. Let me know. And I got an email back from them. I didn't read it. They came in during our call. But I just saw that it said, we would love to do something with you, yes. So uh, that's good because I have access to a lot of the veterans. That's the piece that I don't have. And um, and if I can get them to do all the registration and hunt down all the veterans, then it makes my life easier. I just have to get drivers and, you know, and then, I mean, all the other logistics, but that's, that's nothing but a thing. So, so it's, been a, it's been a robust week so far. Nice. Excited. I'm excited. And it's only it's, Tuesday. And it's only Tuesday. Yeah, it's only Tuesday. I'm shaking in my boots a little bit about that big 500-person event, but if we could pull it off, that would be pretty damn cool. So, let's see. I'm going to say yes. You know, and, you know, run at it best I can. So. Just need to just ready to lay up that money in my bank account. Oh, can I do anything for you, sweetie? I don't think so. I think I'm. I think I'm all right. I I um I'm gonna get into this project. I I feel like I'm. You know, Nikki keeps asking me about. Like we're running at a timeline, you know, to get this stuff done, and I'm just like. I can't wrap my head around the financial part of it. So I'm going to spend today and probably some of tomorrow 
um, working on this project and wrapping my head around its value in a more succinct way, and then I'll probably ask you for some help in pricing and different options to give her. So we're kind of like, we know that I'm working on this. We know that I'm flexible with payments. Um, it's just a matter of coming up with the number. Yeah. Yeah, nothing right at this moment. All right. Well, you know where to find me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, have another blessed day. And uh, Thank you. You too. It would be fun. Thank you. All right. Maybe I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.